This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hany Balkis, with Omnia Saleh. I bring you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, the 12th <laughs> of April, 2021. Very excited for the new month of Ramadan. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, I feel like it's going to change our routine. Give us something to look forward to. I agree. You know, we're kind of on the same routine every day. Having Ramadan in our lives will kind of make us a lot much, much more happier. I definitely agree with you on that one. Ramadan is such a beautiful part of every year. And I look forward to it every single year because it's a time where we all enjoy loving yes. each other getting together with one another safely as safely as possible so we want to wish you all Ramadan Kareem in advance this is the very last day when we can enjoy our well after- you guys can see me drinking coffee yes. on air being a little bit excited <laughs> hello this is the very last day we get to drink our coffee and tea in the morning but nonetheless we are embracing all of it Today is a very exciting day as yes. well because we're going to be sharing with you the latest on what is happening in the tech world, starting with Apple, because recent news showcase that Apple will be allowing us to use the Find My iPhone, Apple Watch, mm-hmm. you fill the blank, with third-party applications and third-party uh, gadgets. So you don't necessarily you can you don't necessarily need to use it only with Apple products nowadays. Yes, and I do believe this is coming out because of the AirTags mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of third-party uh, manufacturers are now now going to make kind of like a mock-up of yeah. an AirTag. So uh, we're going to see what's that all about. But we're going to be talking about meeting AlphaDog, which is a Chinese tech company that has developed a robot dog that can see and hear its environment. It looks like uh, Boston Dynamics yes. has a new competitor <laughs> and coming straight out of China. I like the name though, Alpha Dog. I know. Sounds it, like it's like a really like an Alpha Dog. They're here to take over spot. Yeah. Will they be successful? That's definitely something that we're going to be discussing in a few moments. But since Ramadan is just around the corner and we're all excited to have the month of giving become a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about giving those who are less fortunate or let's say orphans a chance to better themselves mm-hmm. and better their lives by using education because joining us today is Nadine Tariq and Dr. Imran who are both members of a much bigger team coming from the American University of Sharjah who were actually part of an initiative that was teaching orphans the basics of programming and the applications of microcontrollers. Yeah, it was students are out of this world, I'll be honest with you. I mean, every time we got something going crazy when it does come to students, 99.99% of the time they're coming straight out of AUS. We're really excited to get into that as programming is becoming, let's say, a universal language in the tech world. And it's a huge world with lots and lots within it. So we're definitely excited to tell you all about this initiative and how they were actually able to do it from a distance. So not only were they receiving learning from a distance, they were also educating those orphans from a distance. We have a packed show in store for all of you, so make sure you keep Pulse95 locked, and we'll be right back. Yes, but we're going to leave you with the sound by 1975. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Today, Apple is making headlines with very interesting news, and one 
that I would actually consider being one of the first. Yes. Since Apple does love secrecy and it also loves making sure that its products are within its own bubble. They don't like bringing in any third-party anything, whether it was third-party softwares or even third-party products. Mm-hmm. But recently, Apple did announce that they are going to be introducing the updated Find My App feature that will now allow third-party products to be able to use the finding capabilities of the Find My network. For those of you who don't know, Find My feature is basically like, we can call it your very own radar. So if you lose your phone, if you lose your iPad and you have the Find My phone or Find My iPad turned on, you can actually track it through your iCloud, through any other Apple product and find out exactly where it is headed next. Yes, now the iPhone's maker Find My app has become an integral part of its ecosystem. Now virtually tying together an Apple user's entire portfolio of Apple products. So if you, let's say you're in the Apple ecosystem, you got your MacBook Pro, you got your Apple iPad, your iPhone, your iPod. Remember the days of the good old iPod? (laughs) Now users can keep track of where their products are even if they are offline thanks to an Apple innovation that does broadcast a signal to iCloud now owners of those products cannot be tracked not even by Apple so only you are in control and only you can track these products now the announcement does come as Apple does open up its ecosystem further which would help reach more users and give them even a little bit more flexibility and more choices over the peripherals of their own choosing. It also does allow these manufacturers to take part in Apple's reputed and secure technologies. As we do know, that AirTags has been in the talks for a while now. And Omnia, I do believe we can go all the way back to 2019. End of 2019, Omnia and I have talked about AirTags time and time again. And I do believe 2021 is the year where we finally see them. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to comment whenever you said that owners of products of Apple can't be tracked using the Find My feature. And that could not be... I've actually had a personal experience with this. So I think my dad once lost his iPhone or uh, iPad. I don't remember. It was an Apple product. And the person who stole it actually disabled the Find My feature. Yeah. So even though... the you had an entire team yeah. looking for that work iPad, searching for it through the Find My feature. Mm. And because the owner disabled it or had a little bit of a protection on it, the new owner, the hacker, he couldn't find it. He couldn't point it out. And it was yeah. like... You want to laugh? What? You want to laugh? Yeah. I, I remember the story what? that uh, this goes back to 2014. Okay. Okay. Mm. Uh, me and my friend were in his car. Okay. Okay. And uh, he gets a call from his dad. Mm. And he's like, so where are you guys at? We're like, we're at point A. He's okay. like, okay. He ends the phone call. We go to the Majlis. We're okay. sitting down. And he's like, so how was point B? Oh, my God. But we're like, how did you know we were at point B? Anyways, we find out like two years, three years later yeah. that his dad had bought an iPhone. Right, had tracked my find my iPhone tracker on it, okay, and stuck it into the spare tire. Oh my! Right, and God. he knew every single location we were at, and he would call us to test us if and we see if we were honest. lying or not. And I mean, we weren't lying, but at the time we were there, and then we went over there. But uh, I'm telling you, the track my iPhone is so good because the phone again, it didn't have any service on it, 
and number two, it was turned off. Mm. The phone was off. Yes, and you can still yes. track and you can still find out where the product is. That's such an intelligent way of tracking your kids nowadays. I mean, putting in the spare tire. <laughs> imagine that. Like, imagine if our tire actually got flat and we need to change the tire. You'll like, find oh, an iPhone. <laughs> iPhone 5. Free iPhone 5. Well, this is just this just goes to show how tracking kids and tracking your own devices has become very easy in the day and age that we're currently living in. So nowadays, with a new announcement that Apple has launched, any new product that works with Find My App could be coming from certain vendors yes. that Apple is currently collaborating with. And it will be available beginning next week. The confirmed brands are actually a brand named Belkin, Chipolo, as well as Van Moof. Mm-hmm. And for more than a decade, many customers have actually been relying on Find My to locate many of their missing or even stolen Apple devices. And all of that was actually helping protect their privacy. So it's good to see that Apple is expanding that bubble and making that circle a little bit bigger to involve other products as well. Yes, now, well, I do love the company Belkin a lot. Now, Belkin is very well known with their Wi-Fi routers and connectivity in general. Now, again, Omni and I have the speculation that all this is happening because now we will see third-party manufacturers creating their own type of Apple AirTags because we do know the AirTags, obviously, they come at that premium price tag. They're very expensive. And not everyone wants to pay that premium yeah. price tag. That's where Apple AirTags comes in the line. He's like, hey, listen, <laughs> we're going to have that third party and where you can pay much, much less. Let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215 or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. Our text lines are open. Are you excited for a brand new area era of <laughs> data tracking or tracking your own phones? But ladies and gentlemen, this girl... <laughs> I think this song is This Girl's on Fire. That's not it. This girl is on fire. I don't think so. But this is on Cooking on Three Burners. What does that mean? I don't know. But you'll never find my love. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Have you ever wanted a dog but didn't want to deal with all the mishaps of having a dog and all the unpleasant surprises that he or she could leave behind on the floor? I wanted a dog ever since the day I knew what dogs were. Oh my God. Remember, Omnia, I told you that uh, I wish I was blind when I was a kid so I could have a, a guide dog, a reason for me to have a dog. But Bob was like, haram. It's haram. I'm like, Dad, come on. It's just like a small little puppy, man. It's like, no, it's haram. When you get older, I'm older, I still can't get a dog. That doesn't work for me. Well, one day we will make Hani's dream come true and get him a dog. But until then, let's talk a little bit about robo dogs. We only, or right here on the show, we know of a couple of robo dogs. Most of them come right out of Boston Dynamics. We know Spot the Dog, we know Stretch the Dog. But now we are getting to meet Alpha Dog. And he's not coming from Boston Dynamics, he is coming from. China. Yes, now uh, we're looking at China battling Boston Dynamics and bottling Spot or Spike the dog. And they have developed a robot dog that can see and hear its environment. Now, the high tech hound does use sensors and AI technology, which we do know is the future of all technology. Now, it does whip fast, obey commands, and does not have or does not leave unpleasant surprises on the floor. And we're talking about Alpha Dog, which is a robotic response to two of China's burgeoning loves, pets and technology. I mean, who doesn't love pets <laughs> and who doesn't love technology? Now, the high tech hound does use sensors and AI technology to hear and see its environment. 
and can be even taken for walks. Now, I love all I love this, Omnia. <laughs> but you know what I, I would want? What do you want? Synthetic dog skin instead of... I was just going to say. Instead of like, you know, very metal. cold metal. <laughs> like, hey, dog, I feel sad. Can you come? And you're like, you're hugging a pole. Like, imagine. I agree. The best part about having a dog is getting to hold him, hug him, cuddle him. And with a robotic dog, you can't really do that. So if they could get that part of synthetic skin on point, I think that would be a score. But these creators of the dogs have actually been trying to create a dog that is very fast. So we're looking at a dog that can move at the speed of about 15 kilometers per Mm -hmm. hour. He can even spin on the spot, like just like an excited dog would. And he is the fastest on the market. He has four four metal legs and he is a lot more stable than a real dog (laughs) and uh, what's nice about him is that you can actually predict he can predict what terrain he's moving Mm -hmm. on so if he's moving on the ground he'd know exactly how thick the surface is if he's navigating in water he's also capable of doing that his creators have also used 5g technology and super fast internet speeds so that he can have immediate reaction times so once you give him a command he'll be able to respond with very minimal uh, buffer time now omnia what would you name your dog your robo dog oh that's a really nice question yeah uh i think Spot. Spot. Or Spike. You're very, very original. You're stealing from Boston Dynamics. No, and I also love, no, I think Spike because I love the dog and Tom and Jerry. Yeah. All right. So so let's say uh, it's like what? You come home. What about you? And uh, I would name it something, but I don't want to say it on air. Right? Anyways, so imagine Omni, you come home and like, hey, you say to someone, like, if I want to meet my dog, right? Like Spike. It's like, it's like you like hitting metal things cramping all over Five the place. Five kilos of metal, right? Just and it's just through. like spot the dog or spike the dog. That you're like, oh my god, pet it. And it's like you're petting a pole. Like, oh my god, it sounds weird. Honestly, I don't feel I don't see him as a dog more than I see him like a servant. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I mean, I think it would work better for let's say the police. Yes, for restaurants. the restaurants, police. Let's say uh, maybe uh, the, the the ambulances. Yes, if they need to go do a search and uh, search and recover. He can even do COVID nineteen tests. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, I, I think these dogs are very for more of not personal use but yeah. commercial use. Yes. Now they are actually being uh, they're actually uh, selling or they go for two thousand four hundred dollars. So we're talking about around ten thousand drums <laughs> if we round it out. Why are you laughing? It's 10,000, what? I'm just thinking of people who would own this dog and the features that they want to include in it. You know, Omni, if I had 10,000 drums to spend on a robot, I'd spend it on a dog. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you get that really high-end dog, they're expensive. I would, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But Omni, we do know, again, let's go talk about the features. Again, Mm. uh, we do know that they use to deliver parcels, serve in restaurants, and even offer information at stations and even take throat swabs for COVID-19 tests. Now imagine that, ah, uh, like- <laughs> To that, a dog, I yeah. wouldn't trust the dog, but I guess Like it opens its mouth, comes out a swab. That looked pretty weird. He's, it's not gonna open its mouth. It's How, probably gonna stand on both legs. It's even creepier. I know, but what's nice about this dog is they're also planning to include future software updates that will give it a barking voice. Mm. So that's nice. Uh, beyond that, they're also going to be allowing humans to have conversations with the dog. Yeah, if they so want a voiceover, I'm ready. <laughs> Voicing over a dog? Scooby-Doo. Oh, stick to news and stick to let the me, show. Let, let, me, let me do it real quick. Okay. Hello. <laughs> that's a good one. Open your mouth. 
<laughs> Let us know you guys thoughts 4215 Do it slot Or on Instagram At Pulse95 Video Would you like a robo dog Omnia If the robot dog uh, Was voiced over by me Would you buy it I would huh? all right. I actually would Let us know you guys thoughts Taking a short break But when we come back We're talking all about Orphans And teaching them How to program With American University Of Sharjah students This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hany Balkis. Whenever we think about giving, the gift of giving, it's usually thought of whether it was being in the form of money, giving children, let's say, toys or even clothes, old clothes that we have or new mm. clothes that we want to gift them. But never do we actually think about giving them the gift of education mm -hmm. until we came across a group of American University of Sharjah students as well as a mentoring professor who have decided to gift orphans the languages of programming. So they were actually able to teach them the basics of programming mm -hmm. as well as applications of microcontrollers. And they did it all through distance learning. To tell us more about it, we have a member of the team, Nadine Tariq, as well as her mentoring professor, Dr. Imran, who will be telling us about this beautiful initiative that they have created. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure having you both on the show. Now, we do know that you're teaching orphans the basics of programming, but why did you guys choose programming? Okay, so I think, you know, recently there is a trend with artificial intelligence and you talked about Boston Dynamics, for example. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, of, you know, uh, using AI to program machines as well as the second trend is Internet of Things mm -hmm. where you have sensors and everything. So this particular uh, program is actually trying to put the first one of those together, which is Internet of Things, to expose kids early on how to use sensors, how to program sensors, and then to do something interesting with mm. it. Now, Nadine, it's a very interesting position you're in today because you're with your professor and you're usually the student, but through this initiative, you were actually kind of a student who turned into a professor to teach these orphans uh, the programming languages. Can you tell us a little bit about your own experience with it? So honestly, it was one of the good experiences that I had because, you know, you get the chance to actually try to give back to the society. Mm -hmm. And as you said, like being always a student and then here you're trying to like give uh, with the knowledge that you already have to the people who really need it. Mm -hmm. So it was a very nice experience. And honestly, you feel like you feel the pleasure <laughs> of <laughs> giving back to the society. I mean, 100%. I would like to believe that giving back to people, especially orphans, is, is something very important. Now, let's go talk about the languages of program. We know there's a lot of languages when it does come to programming. Me, myself, I do know, I think, uh, Python and C++. Those are, those are the ones <laughs> that come to mind uh, directly. Now, uh, what are the basics that your team is teaching when it does come to programming? Uh, so basically what we were teaching is uh, the microcontrollers okay. and then when it involves microcontrollers it has to be like some kind of sensors and mm -hmm. then you have to do uh, the programming of it and for this we used C or like the Arduino thing so for Arduino they have like a language similar to C mm -hmm. and uh, it's basically based on C and <laughs> yeah so this is basically what is the main language that we used that's amazing now uh, I, I think that nowadays when we're going more into technology the basics of language for us is English and then Arabic or Arabic True. and then English. But when it does come to technology, I do believe that programming is, is, is very, very important to know that C++, for example, I do believe that uh, if you go to anywhere online and you want to have a free course, they'll give you directly free plus C++ courses. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you, Nadine, what is, just like you mentioned, Tani, with C++, it's kind of the known language yes. that many people kind of go through when they start to learn programming. But if someone tuning in wants to enter the world of programming, what are the three basic languages that they could start educating themselves on? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like the most basic things would be not the language, but like there are some block coding stuff mm. that they could actually do with blocks. Mm. So it's like puzzles and stuff. Uh, but then if they want to like actually go with a real like programming thing would be Python maybe because mm. Python is a bit easy. Um, and then they can go ahead with either C++ or Java because do- those are like more advanced. Mm. Uh, but they are like more needed, of course, in the real world. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Imran? Yeah, I think she's right. And the other language, I think, which obviously the w- for web programming, JavaScript is a must. Mm. And I think if you know Java, then you can quickly jump to JavaScript. So I think that's a good, g- good set of programming languages. Amazing. And what age group do you think would be the best to start teaching uh, programming? So I would say that uh, like it fits for the scratch part, mm. like the, um, the the thing with the blocks and stuff. Mm. So this could be like starting from seven or two or eight. Yeah. And then if it's like more into the programming and the code itself and Python and those mm. advanced. Mm-hmm. So it could be like maybe 13 mm. or above so they can, you know, get a better understanding about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And w- what's interesting is a lot of kids nowadays have been heavily invested in technology, yeah. but not many actually create something useful out of it. So we see gamers, we see people constantly on their phones, mm. but not many take the opportunity to learn and create something new using mm. uh, the language of tech. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask as well. Uh, actually, you know what, Omnia? What? I think the number one thing that I would like to ask on my behalf, if I yeah. at my age right now, <laughs> I wanted to learn programming, <laughs> what what kind of programming would be more suitable for me? Um, I would say maybe Python. Python. Sin, yeah, since now it's commonly used in a lot of stuff and specifically like in the deep learning and in the things that are heavily, um, you know, uh, applied now. Mm-hmm. So and still it's not the hardest programming language like Java. Yeah. Like Java requires a lot of uh, <laughs> more advanced stuff. So I would say Python. Because we know the stigma. When you grow older, your, yeah. your brain starts to not process things that much. I mean, I've always wanted to learn programming. I remember back when I was 18, I I, I think there was like a free website that you yeah. tried. I was like going, I was like, man, this is a little bit too hard, you know? So uh, I stopped that right there. Doctor, I have a question for you because we've heard different futurists and people who are heavily involved in tech have two different opinions when it comes to programming. Some people think it's the language of the future, while others feel like it's a waste of time teaching Mm. kids programming and coding because there will be AI and robots that will do it for them. What's your take on this? Okay, so I think there are two reasons. Mm. The other reasons that you want to teach programming is to help kids develop problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. So I think this whole notion of algorithmic thinking Mm. uh, without even programming is very important for kids. That's one. Secondly, yes, but somebody has to develop the algorithms (laughs) for AI. So who's going to do that, right? (laughs) So, So there has to be a set of people that actually learn and develop those algorithms. But you are right. I think many, many jobs, Mm. uh, especially jobs that require pattern recognition, are going to become obsolete. We know Mm. that, right? Mm. Uh, Mm. But I think programming is there to stay. Uh, And even if you don't become a programmer in the future, I think you should learn it because you will learn how to problem solve, right? Mm. Which is really important in life. Yeah, and I want to ask you guys one final question before we go to the break. Uh, what kind of motivated you guys or inspired you guys to say, hey, I want to teach programming to children or to orphans? 
Uh, okay, so basically what I would say is that, um, again, it's, it's you know, it's a, a trend now. Like everyone wants to learn about technology and mm. even um, there is a lot of applications happening there. They don't get the chance to actually get a hands-on experience uh, in school mm. and in anywhere, actually. So that's what made us like uh, do this project. Uh, so basically we can give them that, this hands-on experience and at the same time, those people who are orphans, they still, uh, you know, will need it in their future lives. Mm. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's like gifting them a skill that they'll always make the most out of, instead of something that mm. they'll enjoy for the time being, and then they it won't benefit them. If you have any questions for Nadine Tariq and Dr. Imran, make sure you share them with us at four two one five Do It This A Lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse ninety five Radio. Taking a short break, but when we come back, we're going to be diving deeper into the world of programming with orphans. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse ninety five. Pulse ninety five. Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hani Balkis. In the age of COVID-19, distance learning has become the new normal. Mm -hmm. It has had its blessings, but it's also had its many, many, many challenges. And I'm sure a lot of parents tuning into us right now would be nodding their heads. <laughs> yeah, the parents are having the challenges. Uh, I think the students just uh, sign in and go back to sleep. True. And yeah, Nadine's <laughs> laughing right now. <laughs> she, she, she's guilty. She looks guilty. Uh, is there anything, any confessions that would like to give to Dr. Imran at this moment? <laughs> no, I mean, not now. <laughs> not now. <laughs> Joining us today are actually two honorable guests. Uh, Nadine Tariq and Dr. Imran, who are a part of a much bigger team of students from the American University of Sharjah. They have started out an initiative where they were actually teaching orphans the basics of programming. And one interesting fact when it comes to distance learning is Dr. Imran and Nadine are meeting for the very first time yes. face to face today. Yeah, and actually we put them on the spot during the break and we were like, so how, how did it work out? Like, you know what? Actually, it's the first time uh, we've met. This is like literally the first time face to face. So uh, Pulse95 students is bringing teachers and students together or yes. professors and students oh, together. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, Dr. Amran and Nadine, we wanted to ask you a little bit about the basics of distance learning. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, Nadine, as a student, you've struggled with it yourself, but you've also had the blessing of sleeping without having to worry about yeah. commute, commute times. Omnia is, uh, is very well known when it does come to distance learning. <laughs> yes. She's doing her master's. and so. Oh, I know about <laughs> distance learning and <laughs> the blessings and also the drawbacks. So I'm sure with you teaching those orphans and your team teaching the orphans, the basics of programming there has got to be a lot of challenges that you faced especially because how do you give them that hands-on experience can you talk to us about your experience and how are you able to overcome these challenges okay so basically since we were like teaching them some microcontroller stuff and this involves a lot of sensors and a lot of you know hands-on experience mm -hmm. so they had to actually try these things so what we did is uh, first uh, in like the, the lectures themselves, we were, of course, like teaching them the theory and, you know, the physics behind everything. And then we were using this online simulator where mm. they could actually, you know, try to do the circuit themselves mm -hmm. on their own, mm. like during the section time. And then we were showing that to them and then, you know, monitoring what they are doing. But also th this, you know, was not enough so mm. they can get hands on experience. Yeah. So what we did is we delivered the actual kits mm -hmm. like that involves the sensors and the microcontrollers and everything to them. Mm. And then we created some kind of a videos uh, that explains exactly how you can like connect the sport, how you can do this and that. And then we shared that with them. And mm. so they, you know, they can get the chance to actually try to implement it themselves. And then, you know, we try to encourage them even further 
uh, by you know creating some kind of a competition for mm. like uh, not a, like a competition for like the whole program. Mm. So we were like giving some points for the people who get to try the kits because they were a bit scared, you know, to ruin <laughs> the kits when they mm. uh, use it. So we were like, okay, guys, if you did it, you will get some points, and then we will be awarding the like the active student at mm. the end of the program. So how long were these sessions of you teaching uh, the students? Um, we had we had it first started face to face because this is how the plan was. Yes. So we just gave like two sessions face to face, and then unfortunately because of the COVID, we had mm. to turn it into online. So this was around six uh, sessions, and then we had the competition at the end. So so this initiative was uh, pre-COVID. You guys were thinking about it pre-COVID, then COVID hit, and then you guys had to uh, move to online learning. So I want to ask you guys, what was the biggest challenge during distance learning? Um, I mean, one of the most important things is the engagement. Not yeah. everyone is engaged, <laughs> that's for sure. And what we try to do is um, first, you know, deliver those kits and try to make mm. them get the hands-on thing. Mm. And then also the competition part that I was talking about. And even we kept asking, you know, questions in the lectures. And mm. then we're like, uh, you guys, if you answer, you still get points. Mm. And we will be like awarding them at the end mm. and everything. So you finally felt <laughs> what Dr. Amran was feeling when teaching you guys. <laughs> like, man, exactly. these it guys have so a whole attention span. So obviously we'd like to thank Dr. Amran. And we'd like to thank all professors uh, teaching during this time. Time. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Amran, I have a question for you when it comes to programming. You mentioned that it can not just does it give these orphans and anyone who learns it basically like a free ticket to the work job or the future of work. I wanted to ask you, what would it help them learn in life? So how can they actually implement the skills that they learn in programming to real life situations? Okay, so I think, as I said earlier, there is this uh, concept of what we call algorithmic thinking. Mm -hmm. And what it involves is coming up with a set of steps mm -hmm. or plans to solve a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so essentially that's what they learn. And that you can apply anywhere in life. Uh, anything, you know, you need to go to the mall, you need to plan, right? Yes. And so on. So what we find, and in fact, what we are finding in higher education, uh, when we are getting students coming in from, you know, we get students from 70 different school systems mm. at our university. And one of the the skills which we find lacking is problem solving. Mm. Right? Mm. I mean, the kids are not able to solve problems on their own. So I think by introducing uh, this kind of uh, thinking early on, it will help them in the long run, regardless of which field they go into. Absolutely. So. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking all about the future of this initiative, as well as the international recognition that it was actually able to gain. If you have any questions for Dr. Imran and Nadine Tariq, make sure you share them with us at 4215-Duret-Tisalat or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Yes, I guess you could say the questions are wanted. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hani Balkis. You know, Hani, as a child, I always used to wonder what it would be like if I had a superpower. Yes. And little did I know that if a person learns the language of coding and programming, well, they have a lot more impact on the world than if they even had a superpower. Omnia, before you knew what coding actually was, did you yeah. think it was like the movies? Like, 
<laughs> like hitting on the keyboard. Yes. And you go to like hacker.com. Exactly. And it's like a green screen. She's like, and for some reason, coders always have this. Uh, they're keyboard smashing. Yes, keyboard smashing, and they're known to be just like these antisocial yeah. little little humans that are just sitting in the corner of the room trying to literally trying to plan against the world. When in reality, coding actually connects you with the rest of the world. And to talk to us about one amazing initiative that the American University of Sharjah has been doing to teach orphans the basics of programming, we have with us in the studio today Nadine Tariq and Dr. Imran who are a part of a team of AUS students that have been doing just that. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you. So uh, we wanted to ask you about this initiative and if it has gained any international recognition during uh, the performance of it. Okay, so basically, since we are, you know, like sponsored by the IEEE uh, organization out mm. there, so we report, like, we report back to them. We write, like, a, a feedback about mm. how is the project went. And basically, last year, we won the, um, the honorable mention for the best chapter worldwide of the wow. year. Uh, so, yeah, so this is basically was a great accomplishment. And we felt so, you know, proud. And, like, this encouraged us to, like, even give more. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as, I mean, as you guys should be proud. It's the first time I've I've heard of it, to be honest, teaching orphans programming and how important programming is. Now, what are your future plans when it does come to this initiative? Uh, so basically, one of the future plans that we had in mind, of course, to implement the same program, but maybe with a different group of orphans. Mm. And then uh, since this program mainly focused on, you know, translating the material that are already existing there in English into Arabic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the local people could actually understand it easier. Um, so we were thinking as well to maybe like try to implement it in different other languages. Mm-hmm. And um, like, for example, in Urdu or, you know, in other languages that exist here. And we even thought of like maybe we could even teach it for small kids um, and, you know, like the, the, the low cost schools. Yes. Mm. Uh, so they, you know, get the chance as well to get introduced to this technology. It's That's beautiful. amazing. Big plans. I wanted to ask you, where the or- where were the orphans based? The ones that you actually taught as part of this initiative? Yeah, they were all based in UAE. OK, great. <laughs> and they most of them were really speaking Arabic mm. and they were not that familiar with English. So that's why we had, you know, to do it in Arabic mm. and to translate even the material there in Arabic. That's do you guys amazing. think maybe in the near future we can see this initiative in kind of uh, less less fortunate countries in the mm. Arab world? Yeah, I think so. I think the other thing that I think Nadine uh, did not mention is that uh, all the material is open sourced mm. and uh, it will be available as well as the videos that they created will be available on a YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, so I- any other person who wants to implement the program, all they need to do is buy the kits which mm-hmm. are available online. Uh, from you know a commercial company and they can run their own program. So well, yes, amazing. absolutely. Honey, here's your dream come true. Now yeah. you can learn I, basics I, of I won't be. I won't be more of like <laughs> P dash. You're looking for that one, you know. Well, your spot right here on Future Talk will always be available. So if programming doesn't work. Talk I tried it works. before. <laughs> I probably you really need to have a problem-solving brain because they'll teach you the basics and True. be like, so yeah, now you have an error. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, deal yeah, with it. Deal with it. Dr. Amran and Nadine Tariq, thank you so much for thank joining you. us today, thank and we you. wish you the very best uh, in all of your future endeavors. We also want to thank the big team of students yes. that are actually behind this project as well. We did not forget about them. Yes, big <laughs> shout out to all of the 20 other students or 20 other members of the team. We would say your names, but uh, would be a little bit. <laughs> too long (laughs) as we kind of got the memo from the team but thank you guys so much for coming on the show with us and we do appreciate what you guys are doing as again it's kind of something we don't think about but it needs to be done
Thank you for having thank us. Thank you so much. To everyone tuning in to us right now, thank you so much for lending us your ears for the hour. We want to wish you a blessed afternoon and a Ramadan Kareem. Yes. The holy month is just around the corner and we do want to hope uh, for all of you a very peaceful mm-hmm. month and an easy fast as well. Coming up on Pulse 95 is the only place to be at three, the halftime show with Omar al-Duri. He's going to be giving you lots and lots yes. of mental health tips and physical health tips so you can actually keep your health on check during your fast. You can say tomorrow is kind of a new look <laughs> to Ramadan or to the life. I see Omar al looking at us. He's getting excited. <laughs> Halftime show, the only place to be at three with Omar al Stay tuned. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.